0: Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at qwertywritinglife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee and let's chat hello everyone it's another week
1: hello and welcome
0: tonight we are going to talk about realistic creatives and who they aren't so (laughs) got to get that at the end of there or you're not going to know what we're trying to talk about Um, but before we talk about those realistic creatives let's talk about our creative weeks hey joy what'd you do
1: so this week I have started on first rounds of edits for a client. So you guys know I love that. So I'm pretty excited about, um, you know, just watching this book transform over the next several months with this amazing, lovely author. So I'm um, just pretty excited about seeing the process.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So what about you? Tell me about your creative week.
0: I am doing, well, um, you'll notice my background is a little bit different. So I'm hanging out in Georgia with my uh, my dad and my stepmom, and they got a little bit sick, and they uh, just needed a, a touch of help. They're actually, like, as far as their medication and things like that, I just had to, you know, say, hey, take this so that I didn't need to, like, you know, hound them about that. But it was more like the other stuff, like cooking and laundry and sweeping and making sure that things were picked up. Um, grocery store runs, lots of grocery store runs. Wow. I didn't even, anyway, it's fine. <laughs> lots of them. Um, but it has been a really great time to be able to hang out and chit chat with them. I've not really had this length of time alone with them and probably since I was a kid, like in high school and stuff. So, Uh, This has been really great to get to know them again on this level and to um, be able to be there and and help in this capacity. So lots of lots of good things happening there. And then in the meantime, I actually watched one of the videos um, last night, but I actually started last week with another writer friend, the Writing with Maggie Stiefvater conference. Oh, that's actually a seminar, isn't it? Seminar? I know, it's very exciting. So, Joy and I did that, and you can, there's episodes about like how to um, prep for a seminar or a workshop and that sort of thing. And so, we put all of those things in practice. We bought the Writing with Maggie Stiebotter seminar and we went through it together using all of the tactics that we talked about in order to prepare for the the workshop and while we did we like we were like changed artists weren't we yes. like when we came so. out of that I really do there's so much that just happened with that as far as mindset and like how we think of writing it just it it kind of transformed us as artists so uh, what I'm doing with this other friend of mine she's not been through it before and so I'm running my novel idea and, and putting the exercises and, and the the um the tips and tricks into practice with uh with my novel idea and she's also doing the same thing but I kind of get to watch her experience it for the first time and I get to remember how I felt about all of that at the beginning so this is pretty exciting it's pretty exciting and uh I think I really am getting it a little bit more, like even now. Mm -hmm. I think I'm getting it a little bit more, and maybe the next time I run through it, I'll get it a little bit more until eventually it'll be um, second nature. So I'm very excited about that.
1: That's super exciting. I'm so excited for both of y'all as you're going Mm -hmm. through this, and I'm looking forward to when I go through it again. Um, But like you, I, I plan on going through it with my son, Oh, And using it as a teaching tool with him, and I had hoped to do that in the spring, and it just didn't work out time-wise. So maybe this next spring might be really good timing to kind of take him through it, and that'll give me a refresher before it's time for me to start on my fantasy series. And that's the one that I'm going to, like, dive deep into this with. So
0: Yes, it would be so good for that. So, so good for that. Um, I do not know exactly when the sale ends, but it is on sale right now for $25 at Maggie Steve Otter's Etsy shop, $25.
1: Y'all, that is a steal. You better run right now. I
0: mean, Mm -hmm. I don't even
1: like, that's just a steal.
0: That's 75% off of what Joy and I paid for it.
1: Yeah. And seriously, what we paid for it is like, I was not more. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the one, you know, the one ring. Okay, this is the one (laughs) course. Okay.
0: But not in a bad way.
1: Hold on. I might need to rethink that, but you get what I mean.
0: (laughs) Well in the metaphor there and then
1: (laughs) it is the one course.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I have been through a ton of of courses like I've been through so many courses and this is one that really resonated with me this one and Holly Lyle's courses really resonate with me um this one particularly changed my whole mindset about what I think of a novel and like um and and how everything comes to be
1: well I think that now we can just kind of dive in
0: yeah, I think that's great. I'm sorry I talked so much about Creative weeks. So I was just excited.
1: No, I would be too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so everyone, if you happen to listen to our last episode, we began this three-part series on realistic creatives, and we talked a little bit about who they are and some of the characteristics that define them, which we'll repeat for you uh, toward the end of this episode. When I was a kid, I remember a game that we would play on car, tri- on car trips. It was like the the not game. <laughs> so, did you happen to play anything like this? Do you know?
1: No, I don't okay. think so.
0: Okay. So it was called the not game. And um, so whatever the other person was thinking, they'd like have something in their mind. So whatever they were thinking, they would give you hints as to what's not the thing and uh so it's like if you're thinking of a bird the types of hints that you would give would be like this creature does not slither or um the thing i'm thinking about doesn't have hands you know things like that so joy and i are going to play the not game <laughs> with you <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you're already going to know the answer <laughs> So it might not be super fun. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) So in this episode, we are going to look at who realistic creatives are not. (laughs) So let's dive in. First of all, a realistic creative will not be demanding. For instance, a newbie author should not demand to be featured on a panel with expert authors with like decades of experience under their belts. Just because you wrote one book doesn't mean that you're an expert author. And I know that that's hard to like take in sometimes, but uh, we just got to make some real assessments of who we are and where we are on our creative path. So there was one artist that I followed who posted a screenshot of an email where a brand new artist and the email had his name blurred out. So nobody will know who he is. Um, But he demanded that she use her hard earned status to raise him up to her level. And he said that it was her responsibility to do this because she had made this happen for herself. I know. Right. He even had like an attachment of the screenplay that he had written. So, that's just Here's such a no no-no. <laughs> so bad. So, so bad. bad. <laughs> well, that's like the definition of demanding, right? Like, you must do this because you are this and it's your responsibility to do this. I feel like it's very manipulative as well. Like, he's trying to manipulate her even though he did a very poor job of it. But anyway, the point is, don't be like blurred out guy, Okay. <laughs> Be better, man, Uh, work hard and be ready for the right opportunities when they come along. So that being said, we all have our experiences and perspectives to share at every stage of our journey. So you want to throw your hat in for opportunities that you're qualified for. So if you have only published one book, then you want to look for maybe a debut author panel, for example. Or if you're a new artist, you want to maybe look for podcasts that you can interview about the, the artwork that you've already done. So just think of it like this, like kind of close your eyes and imagine this. Um, imagine yourself holding out your author arms outside beside yourself and you're turning a circle. Anything that you can touch, you want to do those things. And as you grow into your rightful artistic giant state of being, <laughs> your arms will lengthen and they'll touch other opportunities and you'll be ready for those at that time.
1: That's a great way. I love the way that you put that. And, you know, I also love what you said about. uh um, we should be working hard so that we can be prepared and ready for the right opportunities when they come. And I think that that's super important because you're going to go through seasons, you know, we're going to talk about this later, how, and we talked about it in the last episode too, about how there's no overnight, you know, it takes many years to become an overnight success. we we say that so many times, everybody says that a lot. Um, but it's so true. And the thing is those people who suddenly become this overnight success have been preparing for that for all those years, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it encompasses, um, honing your craft, uh, getting better at the, the details of your medium, um, And then also just putting yourself out there when opportunities do present themselves and weighing the opportunities as they come, as we'll talk about too, you know, is this a good opportunity for me or is it not? And there are certain things that we can use to kind of decide that. Um, So all of those things. Yes, I loved that you said that. And I really appreciated you mentioning that. So, um, but the key word here for what we're talking about right now is to share you know, to share what we have, to share where we are, but not to demand.
0: hmm. Yeah, that's really true. And in the same vein, I feel like it's important for us to see the people, not just the opportunity in front of us. So. Get to know the hosts, um, become acquaintances with um, with those connected to the opportunity that you want to become a part of, and you can even do this as a budding artist. If there's like this goal that you you know, like I want to be. Um, in this gallery or i want to be at this restaurant or something like that you know i cook at this restaurant or something i don't know or on this radio station or <laughs> whatever it is whatever it is um go ahead and start um making yourself known there start commenting on things if it's an online presence start um developing st- start start conversing with the people who are there and um, and do it enough and consistently to where they kind of know your name a little bit. And as your art gets better and as you work hard, there might be an opportunity for you in there. But what's important is people are people. They're not opportunities. Um, So this does a couple of things. Um, It does two things actually that I can think of right off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, one, it allows you to make sure that the opportunity aligns with your fundamental standards and your, you know, your values that you have, and uh, so you know if it's the opportunity is right for you. And two, even if it's not right for you, maybe the, you you're building this lovely community of like-minded people around you, and uh, and that actually might be a whole nother podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that's a list. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But it's true, like just being able to um, get to know somebody on a genuine level that could, you know, open up to opportunities. And if not, then at least you are building this community. It's such a big I think community, is such a big deal. So yeah,
1: for sure, definitely, and especially as creatives, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So closely related to this first knot is that create realistic creatives are not assuming. Mm. And I think sometimes like, you know, when we say demanding and we give some of the examples, you're like, oh, of course I'm not like that, you know. But I don't know. I feel like this one might be a little bit harder to, or I guess I should say this one might be a little bit easier to slip into. So here's an example from the writing world, and this is geared specifically toward a real-life scenario for indie authors, okay? Just because you wrote a book does not mean that your local library or bookstore is going to carry it, okay? Don't just assume that they will. So first, you have to do your due due diligence to produce a high-quality book, okay? We've talked about that before. If you spend more than a second in the publishing world, you're going to hear that many times, okay? Um, It should be carefully edited. You should have a professional genre-appropriate cover. Um, Next, you need to do your research on the library or store that you're pitching your book to. So, for example, (laughs) if you write erotica and you walk into a family-friendly bookstore with a ton of children's books displays scattered around
0: and you don't see a black curtain (laughs) yes and there are
1: no black curtains in the (laughs) back room okay you need to just walk right back out unless of course you have some children's gifts to buy which is you know we want to support our local indie indie bookstores but the thing is you don't have a customer base there (laughs) okay and this is the thing that and and I know that that sounded like a really ludicrous example but I actually have heard a bookseller give this exact example from her bookstore. So this is not completely out of my crazy brain. (laughs) Um, but I mean, it's really crazy. I mean, why would you go into a bookstore that you know, doesn't sell to your, your readers, right? That doesn't even make sense for you. So it just takes a little bit of research, honestly, to know if your local library, if your local bookstore, if that's a place for you. Or let's say that you go a few towns over. You know, I've been to um, bookstores over a few states now, and I do my research ahead of time. I just don't walk in cold. A lot of these are people that I've contacted before I ever walk into their door, or I've been going there for a long time. It's one of the two. So when it comes to libraries, Uh, Some are supportive of local indies and indies in general, and some are not. So once again, um, with both of these scenarios, with a little bit of research on your part, you're going to know which way your libraries and your bookstores go. Um, You know, other things is is who you have your books up with, you know, what distributors they're available through, because there are some bookstores, especially, they're not going to order through if you're only with Amazon. So, you know. You just need to know where you're wanting to market to, to make sure that you have everything set up right. And you need to know that before you walk into the store with this whole giant packet and this plan in mind that, oh, it's going to be wonderful. They're going to carry my book. It may not work out. And just a little bit of research ahead of time, you're going to know all of these things. So finally, if your book's good quality, it's genre specific, you've got it available for purchase through the right distributors and the library or bookstore is open to local Indies and in the case of the bookstore has the right customer base for your book, then you need to pitch your book to them. You can use ARCs. You can use advanced information sheets. You can use other marketing tools. You can use, you know, even just use your imagination and come up with something completely um, out of the box and new and exciting that they'll, really respond to but the thing is to not assume and that's the big Mm -hmm. thing don't just assume
0: yeah and we have a lot of writer experience with that but it has to be the same with other um, other creative mediums and how you want to present that whenever you are trying to pitch something to someone else you just gotta do your research on who you're sending it to and not only uh, your physical location research but also your online research so If there is a, if there's a a Facebook group or a website or something like that, that you're trying to get on and get in, get involved in, then knowing, you know, who is involved there, what their audience is, what they sell, um, their names by chance and maybe even like a bit of their bio and to see if there's some sort of commonality that you guys have together that's going to go a long way whenever you're sending them your art and or you know telling them about yourself because they know that you cared enough to um, to do that research and that you are professional enough to do that research so you got to do your homework and you got to be professional Which leads us to our next characteristic. That would be that a realistic creative is not unprofessional. (laughs) We've already been talking about how writers' books need to be professional. They need to be edited with a proper cover design and all of those things. But being professional comes through in how creatives interact online and in person with other creatives as well. So not just your product, but who you are and what you what you present into the world so with industry professionals and with potential influencers or clients and customers you really need to be presenting yourself in a very professional way and not unprofessional um, so for example like bashing or shaming if you're a fellow creative on your twitter feed that would be unprofessional and you would probably want to consider not doing that um, another thing <laughs> so true. I mean, it, we're saying that tongue in cheek, but also we see a lot of this happening online and it's it, it kind of breaks my heart for that artist because, yes, there's so much of ourselves that we put into our art and into our product. And when we're hurt um by what others say about it then we kind of want to be defensive and lash out a little bit as well and I get that that's genuine justifiable feelings but you don't really want to burn any bridges and you don't want other people in the professional world to see you um, lash out that way because they think that's all they know of you. That's all they know of you. They don't know that you, you know, are super kind and, and have an empathetic heart and, you know, help your senior citizen neighbor to mow our grass every week. Like, they don't know those things about you, okay? All they know is that you are really ugly to that other person and they don't want to work with ugly people. So um, that's how it can hurt you in that, in that way.
1: I think but, one thing, and I just thought about this, but I think this might be a good thing to keep in mind is... Some people may only see 240 characters of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whenever you post something, if you just keep that in mind, if this is the only thing that someone sees of me, is this a good thing or not? Just a little just a little checkpoint for you and for me.
0: That's, that's a really good, like, if you could just ask yourself that every time you post, especially if it's when you're, like, hesitating over that, that little go button. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to say a good thing to ask yourself. So, um oh, another example would be if like if you walk into a bookstore and you start telling all of the other people who are shopping at that bookstore that you can actually get that book cheaper on Amazon. Um it's that's probably a little unprofessional and it will not win you an opportunity to have your book on the bookshelf if they overhear you. So, just throwing that out there, guys. <laughs> Another thing is is how you present yourself physically as well, so um, if you are invited for a speaking opportunity and you show up in inappropriate clothing, like holes on your shirt and, and shorts that are up to your yin yang, you know think. <laughs> I so uh, love
1: that you said that
0: <laughs> it's, I'm really tired. <laughs> You caregiving are giving
1: truth, hard. people. We said <laughs> candid chats, and we meant it.
0: <laughs> that's what we meant. Like caregiving is hard, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing this week. <laughs> it is almost over, um, but, um, but yeah, like unless it somehow ties to your brand and your art, you want to make sure that um, how you show up is the best of you, you know, up to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: So some of our examples for unprofessional might seem a little silly, right? But, y'all, we have seen things, okay? (laughs) Let me just tell you. I was in an independent bookstore in New Orleans when the friend of an author demanded that they put up flyers for a book event at another location in town, assuming that – okay, so we've got demanding and assuming already – (laughs) assuming that, of course, they'd want to talk about this book event – where the book sales would not benefit this particular bookstore in any way. Talk about Mm. unprofessional. Okay, so we got all three right there. (laughs) So um, you have to think past the end of your nose, so to speak. Think about what you say and how what you say and do will affect others in a specific scenario. Okay, it's just thinking before speaking, thinking before doing. It's something that we should be doing. Throughout life, right? Not just in these things.
0: But anyway. I have to be reminded of that all the time, though.
1: <laughs> true, don't we all? Though, I mean, really, we really do.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. We have come to
1: the final thing that realistic creatives are not, and that is that realistic creatives will not be quitters. So remember, again, we talked about it takes many decades, many years, whatever, to become that overnight success. Realistic creatives know that. And to make it through those decades, they know that they can't quit. Um, Let's say that an author published one book. They made a grand total of five sales and they got no reviews. (laughs) Okay. Should they quit after six months? Absolutely not. Okay. Instead, that author is going to, if if they're a realistic creative, they're going to utilize all of the characteristics that we talked about last week about being a realistic creative. They'll be persistent, realistic, creative, patient, and both organized and prioritized.
0: Hmm. I like how you summarized last week's episode in like half a sentence. That was great.
1: <laughs> Every now and then we can we get that right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've talked about like Who realistic creatives are and are not. We're ready to um, look at a few tips on how to be one. So that's going to be the next episode. Or do you see? I'm I'm sorry, guys. I know you were probably like, yes, let's get into it, and gotta wait a couple of weeks for that one. Um,
1: It'll be worth the wait.
0: We it will be. It will be worth throwing. So we hope that you can join us next time as we share how we can alter our mindset to be a realistic creative without wrecking our dreamer status. And so that's so important to Joy and I. We want to keep the dreams alive, <laughs> but, but we also want to be realistic in the meantime. So until then, how about a quirty challenge, Joy?
1: Yes. I think we are ready for that. So over the next few weeks, we challenge you to think about the four things that we've mentioned. Realistic creatives are not. Okay. We've said demanding, assuming, unprofessional, and quitters. Consider your interactions and experiences in the past. Have you been guilty of any of these things? Don't worry if you have. Okay, simply look to your future opportunities with a determination not to make the same mistake. I mean, a big thing is just recognizing when there's a problem and then taking the steps to change it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And if you would like to see a realistic creative in action, you can sign up for the QWERTY writing life newsletter and joy had a beautiful write-up um it was her week for a note and she had a beautiful write-up about how hurricane ida kind of affected her creativity and how she had to be realistic about what she was doing in her creative professional life so well done joy i enjoyed that so much not that you know just the just the vulnerability and the honesty of it i appreciate that so Mm
1: so there are lessons in everything. so
0: Everything. Yes. And, and it, even more so than two years ago, even, like, I see how everything kind of weaves together into, uh, like, our creative, our personal, our professional, you know, our circumstances. Everything is just weaving together. So um, I, I think you wrapped all of that up beautifully in that note. So well done, you.
1: Thank you. Oh, that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well thank you guys for joining us and i hope that this has been an inspiring um episode i hope that this series is being helpful for you guys and we would love to hear from you so be sure to mm-hmm. you know send us an email let us know what you're thinking and have a great week
0: go make something bye bye
1: Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative
0: friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.com.